receptive to receive, God, what you have to say unto us on tonight. Thank you for our teacher and our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, illuminate the word. Let there be light coming from the word that it penetrates our very being. And it comes out of our mouth like a two-edged sword, like a fire that devours everything going on around us. And like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. And thank you, God, that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm going to go over... um, something else but I thank God for what we have went over so far with frustration and anxiety and resentment and all of those things um the last teaching that we had dealing with um anxiety how many got something out of that we know that anxiety is uneasy feeling of uncertainty agitation dread or fear and I went over first Samuel chapter 9 when um, Saul's dad his father sent him to look for the donkeys that was lost and they couldn't find the donkey and I believe that they were lost but this man that was with Saul told him he said let's go check with the seer which was Samuel and he can tell us where the donkeys are So we know that they met up with Samuel, but God had another plan. And in meeting up with Samuel, what Samuel had to do, I believe that Saul was very anxious. I believe that he was worried because he knew, now we can't find the donkeys. And I believe that, you know, my father's going to be worried about us as well. So what Samuel did, he calmed their fear. He calmed their anxiety. He bought them a word and he let them know that the donkeys were found three days ago. And this is what God does in order for us to hear God and to receive what God has. Those anxieties and fears have to be calmed. You cannot hear God in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of what you're going through. You know, sometimes we may be going through physically It could be mentally, it could be emotionally, it can be financially, it can be spiritually. And we get so anxious that we become uncertain. We, you know, have doubt coming in. We have fear. We have dread coming in. And our body began to go through some changes. So what Saul, Samuel was doing, he was bringing the word of God unto Saul to let him know Three days ago, the donkeys were found. Don't you know when you hear good news that you begin to rejoice and your body begin to settle down because of that good word? A merry heart does what? Good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. So when you hear a good word, your heart becomes so glad. So God knew that um, Saul needed to hear that good word in order to receive what God had for Saul. And that's what God is telling us tonight. We have to cast all our cares upon him. And the reason why we cast all our cares upon him is because we know he care about us. When you going through something in your life that brings on frustration, that frustration is stemming from some uncertainty, It's stemming from some uneasiness in your life, which comes from anxiety, which comes from fear. And the enemy know if you have that anxiety in your life, you're going to be easily frustrated. It's something that you're dealing with that you hadn't dealt with. So when something else come, all the stuff that you hadn't dealt with begin to come out of you. So that's why we have to give it to the Lord because we know he knows what to do how to do it, and when to do it. I like Psalms 94, 19 that says out of the expanded Bible, I was very worried in my many disquieting thoughts in my inside, but you comforted me and made me happy. You cheered me up. Was that not like Saul when Samuel told him the donkeys were found? So all of those thoughts that was in him that was um, making him the disquieting thoughts in his insides 
He began to be cheered up because he got a good word to make him glad. The word of God will cheer you, cheer you up. It will make you glad. This is why God sent people to you in your time of trouble to give you the word of life. Because when God bring that life in the time of trouble, which represents death, you begin to say, I can make it. I can get through this. Thank you, Lord, for sending me that word. Thank you for sending me that comfort. This is why the enemy don't want you to be quiet. He don't want you to be calm because he knows if you get quiet, if you get calm, you will be able to receive what God has for you. So he has to put things in your life to stir you up. To make you feel like you're not going to make it. To make you feel like you're going to stay the same way that you are. So that's what anxiety does. And what we need to do, we need to ask the Lord according to Psalms 139.23. Expanded Bible again. God examine, investigate, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. So that's where I'm going tonight. I'm going into uh, this teaching that I want to go into tonight is to let you know that the things that you think about and you don't do nothing about those things you're thinking about, they go in your heart. So we got to quit saying, y'all, I'm going through something. This is why I'm acting like I'm acting. Okay? Okay. We understand that all of us go through, but it doesn't give us a right to treat people the way they should not be treated because we're going through. That's not the character. That's not the characteristic of God. God is love. And even though we go through, we still supposed to show his love, even in the midst of frustration we supposed to show God's love and our tone don't supposed to be outside of God's love. So we're going to talk about the heart tonight because this is the problem right here. Dealing with your heart. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. We have talked about this scripture so many times, but I want to break it down because the Lord had put this on my heart. I said, Lord. I said, we've been talking about frustration. We've been talking about resentment. We've been talking about anxiety. And, you know, we've just been talking about these things and anger. But I said, Lord, let's go a little bit deeper. What's going on? He says, the heart. The heart ain't right. And when your heart is not right, and I'm going to say this, you can say you sorry until Jesus come. But if you haven't done anything, Concerning with the things that you have deposited in your heart. You're going to go back to the same place. And you're going to keep apologizing. But you're going to keep doing the same thing. And it's not right. So it's a heart thing. It's all about where your heart is. When we look at Proverbs 4.20 it says. My son attend to my words. So God has given us what we need. And he's telling us what to do. Attend mean to pay attention. Pay closely attention to my words. God is saying, I need for you to really focus. I need for you to tone in to my words, to his words. He said, incline thine ear unto my sayings. So when you incline in your ear unto God's saying, remember how I say that ear is just reaches It just scratches where the word of God is being spoken. Because when somebody is speaking something, y'all, and you really want to hear it, you shut everything off around you. Have anybody ever been in a position where it's something you really wanted to hear and outside all the noise around you, you can hear what you want to hear and you don't pay that noise no mind? I'm going to give you an example. Some of us with our children... When they were growing up, some children can be so rambunctious where when they come to people's houses, they just, just like a locomotive, don't know how to sit down, don't know how to do nothing. The parents can be in the same room with those children. Those children can be tearing up your house and they still holding conversation with you. Can I have an amen? 
Like nothing is going on. Those children is just ramshacking your home and the parents is just sitting there holding conversation just like it's normal. You know why? Because they tone that out and they're paying close attention to what you saying and that over there don't matter. So what am I saying about the word? My son, attend to my words. That means pay attention to my words. No matter what's going on around you, I want you to give full attention to my words by inclining your ear unto my sayings, unto what I'm saying. Everything else doesn't matter. He said, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them. This is where I'm going. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Now, first of all, what he's telling us to keep in the midst of our heart is his words. Y'all catch it. He said, I want you to keep my words in the midst of your heart. Keep means to guard, to watch over. When you keep something, you guarding that thing, you watching over it. How about food? I'll say food for instance. You put some um, food in the refrigerator and you don't want it right then. But you know it's in that refrigerator and it belongs to you. And you're telling the people in the house, don't touch my food. So you making sure that they do not touch that food. You guarding over it. You're watching over it. Every time the refrigerator open, don't touch my food. Right? You keeping guard over that because that's what you want. That's what you want to eat eventually. Every time the refrigerator come open or even when somebody enter your house that you know going in your refrigerator, you say, don't touch my food. You guarding it. You watching over it, right? So he said, keep them in the midst of thine heart. What's happening is your heart is where the word of God goes. That's where the word of God is stored in your heart. So he said, I want you to keep it. That that keep is I want you to store it in your heart. Keep it in your heart. Store it in your heart. That's where the words have to go. In your heart. But when you pay close attention, give focus, incline your ear, letting them not depart from your eyes, you're going to store them in a safe place, which is your heart. So the next thing is, he's telling you the place they have to be stored is in your heart. Now listen at 22. For they are life unto those that find them. The reason why you want to storm in your heart, which is the word of God, because the word of God is what brings life. Remember, he said, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear to my words. He's telling you why he said, for they are life unto them that find them. When you get hold to the word of God, the word is what bring you life. So he wants you to keep, he wants you to store that word in your heart. He said, they are life unto those that find them and health to all flesh. So he wants you to keep the word of God in your heart because the word of God is what's going to bring life to you. So then here's the, the glitcher right here. 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. See, the enemy knows this. Remember what I said, you storing the word of life where in your heart. Now, at the end, he said, keep thine heart. Keep it mean, I'm going back to watching over it, guarding it. He said, now that you done stored it, that first keep is where you're storing it at in your heart. He said, now I want you to watch over what you have stored in your heart. He said, I want you to guard it. Remember, I'm talking about the refrigerator again. Every time somebody walk in the house, don't touch my food. What are you doing? You're watching over it. You're guarding it. No matter when the door open, don't touch my food in the refrigerator. It's got a place that it's at, right? So you letting them know where it's at. The word of God is in your heart. So what you got to do, you got to keep thine heart with all diligence. Diligence is watchfulness. So you watching over your heart, you keeping it, you guarding it, you protecting it. Why? Because I got some life in my heart. That life that's in my heart is going to flow out of me. And that's the issues of life that's in there. So I want to guard it. I want to keep it. I want to watch over it. I want to protect it. I want to have, you know, watch over it. So it's kept in your heart with all diligence. So your heart is where the word of life is stored. The enemy knows this. 
How do I know that the enemy knows this? Let me give you an example. Let's go back to Mark 4, verse 14 through 20. Now check this out. The enemy knows this. And this is one thing that he want to do. He want to make sure that the word of life does not get in your heart. There's a reason for it. Mark 4, 14 through 20. Before I go there, you know how some people say when they're talking to a person, they'll say, you make me feel like. And they'll tell you how you make them feel. Have you ever talked to a person that say, you make me feel this kind of way when I'm around you? Why is that person making you feel that type of way? Because you done stored something in your heart through the way that you have been thinking. Anytime you begin to think on a thing, let's go to marriage. I'll use me and my husband. Let's say my husband always is saying a certain thing to me. And I don't say anything to him based on what he's saying to me. So finally, after maybe six months down the road, I'm tired of it. You know, I thought I could deal with what he was saying, but I never got an understanding behind what he was saying, but I knew how it made me feel. So I get with him and I say, when you say this, you make me feel a certain way. And he's saying, how is that making you feel a certain way? Now, look, I done build up something now because I never said nothing to him. I done build up something against him. I done build up frustration. I done build up anger. I done build up anxiety. Because that anxiety bring worry. It bring uncertainty. So each time he says it, I cringe. It's like a dread in me because I never said nothing to him. But why am I cringing so? Why do I have such a dread? Because as a man thinketh. In his heart, so is he, so does he become. Even though you don't say nothing, you still thinking about it. You still meditating on it. And you're becoming frustrated. You're becoming angry. You got some anxiety. You got some dread there. And all of a sudden, when I get ready to talk to him about it, the tone that I come at him with is, every time you say that, it does something to me. And he's like, what's wrong with you? You don't know? How can he know when I never went to him to say, but my tone changed. And he's wondering, why did your tone change when I said what I said? You don't know? You've been saying it. For about six months and you don't know? Are you stupid? Now I haven't said this to him. Do you have sense not to know? I know your mama taught you your ABCs and one, two, threes. Let me put it this way. And then I'll do it like this. I say it. So I'm making him stupid. He don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But I done got so frustrated because he said the same thing again. That I'm coming at him in a different tone. And he's saying, what's wrong with you? Ain't nothing wrong with me. It's something wrong with you. So finally, as we hear say, calm down. Tell me what are you talking about? You just said it again. Well, what did I say to make you feel this way? See, I've been holding it for six months. So finally, when he bring it back again, I'm coming at him in a different way because I've been thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the more angry I get, the more frustrated I get, the more uneasiness I get, the more uncertainty I get, the more annoyed I get. So now you want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. So then when he explained, that's not what I said. Oh. Who's the fool? 
me. Because I didn't take the time when he said it the first time. See, pride won't let you take the time because pride don't want nobody to feel as if you're ignorant. Okay? So I didn't take the time the first time to really understand his language. Did y'all know certain people got different languages, the way they say things? Some people are so on people by the way they pronounce stuff or the way they bring things out. How about this, y'all? What you do that for? It ain't for. It's for. Okay. You know what I was saying. What's your problem? That ain't how you supposed to talk. Oh, you telling me how to talk now. When did you become an English teacher? Because I know everything you say ain't on point. Ain't on point. No, it's, is it? Is it? That's what it is. Ain't? Which one is it? It's not on point. So somebody that keeps correcting you over and over again, they're making you feel like you're stupid. So you're holding all that in. So they come up to you and say, what's up, dog? You calling me a dog after you've been correcting me for all of this time? I'm no dog. I'm not your dog. What are you talking about? Frustration, anger, animosity, resentment, things that we have held in our heart because we didn't talk about it. But all of it is coming out now. You know what some people say? It's best to say nothing than to say anything at all. Okay? I'm going to talk to the nothing saying people. The ones that don't say nothing. Those are the ones that get frustrated the most. Because they say nothing. That's just like a child in school, Teresa. If the child don't never tell the teacher they don't understand, the teacher think that they understand. So when the teacher comes to the child and tell the child to do the problem and they can't do the problem, the child is mad at the teacher and going to tell mommy that the teacher is picking on them and not on nobody else. But the child never told the teacher, I don't understand. This is what grown folk do. Because they're so up here in pride, they don't want to let nobody know they don't know John 3.16. For God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So when somebody asks you what did that mean, why you ask me what did that mean? You should know what it mean, didn't you just say it? They became offended. Because they were holding something in their heart, feeling like they really didn't know. And now that you asked the question, you think somebody put you out there because they asked you and trying to embarrass you. It was already there. That's why you got to watch what you allow to go in your heart. That's what that scripture is talking about. We're allowing death to go in our hearts. Not the word of life. This is why we're having so much frustration, anxiety, because we're allowing the things that we're thinking about to dominate us more than what the word of God is saying. We're allowing a lie rather than the truth. We're not saying anything because we think that, well, I won't say nothing. I'll just pray about it. If you praying about it, you shouldn't be acting like you're acting if you were before God in prayer. Even in prayer, there's supposed to be a change. There don't supposed to be frustration. So look what the enemy knows in Mark 4, beginning at verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan come immediately. Listen at this. Why is Satan coming at the word immediately? Because it's the word of life. 
He don't want them to receive life from the word of God. He comes immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. He know where the word is going, y'all. He know if that word take root in the heart, he don't have a chance. So he know I'm going to come snatch it before it takes root. Because if it take root, I don't have a chance to plant death. So he come immediately and Matthew 13, it says, because they didn't understand the word, he comes before the word is understood. So this is why we ask questions when somebody is teaching or when somebody is talking about a certain thing, when the enemy want to tell you, oh, they talking about you. You want to go to them and say, excuse me, were you talking about me? Did I call your name? I don't think I called your name, but I'm so sorry if you got offended. I'm just bringing forth what God tell me to bring forth. Do you see how quick the enemy come in and snatch life and replace it with? That's what he got to do. So he came in immediately and took the word. One, one, um, in Matthew say, because it wasn't understood, they didn't understand it. But then it says that was sown in their hearts. Now listen at the ones, these are different grounds. The grounds are the heart of people. And then it says 16, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. That's a hard ground. That's a rocky ground. That's a hard heart. It says who, when they have heard, everybody's hearing. The word immediately receive it with gladness. How many of us, when we hear the word, we receive it with gladness? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're speaking to me. The enemy knows this. Okay, they're receiving that thing. So let's see. And then it says, and have no root in themselves. Why do they not have root? Because their heart is hard. The seed could not get deep. It was rocky. It was hard. And then it said, and then endured, but for a time. Let's just stop there. How many of us received the word? Oh, that was just for me. God was talking to me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the message that I heard. Oh, y'all, let me tell you what she taught on. Let me tell you what he taught on. That thing really touched me. It said endured, but for a time. Afterwards. When affliction, can somebody say when? Affliction, that means trouble. How many of us, we're so happy, we heard the word, God sent his word, he healed me, he delivered me from strife, he delivered me from pain, he delivered me from offense, he delivered me, y'all, he delivered me from my financial burden, and then all of a sudden, trouble come. Or persecution arise for the word's sake for the very word's sake that you heard and then it said immediately they are offended that mean immediately they stumble how many of us because when trouble come when persecution come because of the very word we heard we begin to stumble just like we didn't even hear that word you know why because your heart was already hard Your heart was not pliable. I'm going somewhere. That's why I say as many people saying, I'm sorry, forgive me. I shouldn't have said what I said or how I said it. It's no excuse for it. Forgive me. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Is that trouble? Is that affliction? Is that persecution? I'm going through all of these things. Forgive me. It won't happen again. But then it says, they endure for a while. But when these things come, they begin to talk to you in another tone. They begin to treat you differently. They begin to act a different way. Why? Because they stumble. Because of what's coming at them. Because they haven't dealt with what's there, y'all. Y'all too quiet. Look at your neighbor and saying, you wondering what's wrong with you? Say it points back to. Let's quit blaming everybody else. 
I'm going to go back to the Garden of Eden. God gave both of them a choice. Just because Eve offered Adam that fruit. Adam didn't have to take it. He took it. And then when God was talking to all of them, everybody was blaming somebody except the devil didn't blame nobody because he got what he wanted. Eve blamed the serpent. Oh, Adam said, that woman, he blamed God. The woman you gave me. Okay, come on, Adam. Ain't this what we do? Come on, husbands and wives, let's talk about it. I wouldn't have said what I said if you didn't say what you said. No, it was already in my heart to say what I said. I already was thinking about it in my mind. When you hit me with your best shot, I was already thinking and now I'm going to fire back. Come on, y'all. Come on, who, who don't be thinking about it? I have to pick on Kathy over there. and Look at her, Evangelist Newton and Deacon when we done that play that time. And Rick got Kathy and Kathy come back and got Rick. Didn't take them long to get each other. Because he gave her time to think. <laughs> so when he gave her time to think, she come back and hit him with his with her best shot. And I believe what Kathy did, when he looked down at her, she looked up at him. He looked down at her behind and she looked up at his bald head and she, there it was. She said, okay, you got me from behind. I'm going to get you from above. Don't we have time to think? Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something, though. Kathy, you had been watching his bald head. I know. But let me tell you what happens, y'all. When something irritates you in a marriage, and you don't, I heard somebody, "Mm." and you don't deal with that irritation, right? When did that irritation come out of you? When you are quarreling. Then you begin to bring up something that you kept deep within. That you've been meditating on. That you've been thinking about. And you never thought your husband or wife was watching that. But all of a sudden, my husband never thought him with the toothpick was irritating me. Until I said, will you quit picking your teeth like that? You don't have to do it like that. He said, man, how am I going to do it then? Got to be another way. But it wasn't about the toothpick. It was about something else. But the toothpick added to my frustration. So God had to. So finally, when I got before him, I said, God. That toothpick can't be doing all this to me. What's wrong with me, Lord? What's really frustrating me? Can't be the toothpick in the socks laying down on the floor. Can't be the closet door staying open all the time. I'd roll over and I'd just look in the closet when you need to shut the door, man. Shut the door. Shut the door. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Because men, I don't know about y'all when it comes to the cars. My husband got better, but it's still there. I was eating in the car. Remember I told y'all he got over it. I was eating in the car. Before I can say, oh, I'm sorry I dropped it. He said, I done saw it. (laughs) Looking straight ahead. But he didn't do like he used to do now. When you're going to get it up. Come on, we get frustrated. We do. But we can't let these things get take root. The problem is we're letting death take root more than we're letting life. And this is why you keep going through the same thing because you haven't dealt with it through the word of God. Come on, let's quit saying, I wouldn't if you wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't go to hell if you wouldn't go to hell. Since we're saying that, I wouldn't go to heaven if you ain't going to heaven. Come on, y'all. Think about some of the stuff you say. I wouldn't have cussed at you if you hadn't have cussed at me. Well, what give you the right? Because they cuss. 
I wouldn't have hit you if you hadn't hit me. What gives you the right to do what they do because they done it? So let's look at this other ground. Verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world come on the thorns. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The enemy know thorns hurt y'all. When thorns wrap around something, it wrap around it to kill it. Have y'all ever had a thorn in your hand, in your finger, and it pricked you and you feel that thing? So when thorns grow around something that you're growing, it chokes it. And you're going to see more of those thorns than you see what, what you're growing. So God is saying we cannot be fruitful for him to bring forth fruit because we're allowing the cares of this world. We're too in tone with what the world is doing instead of what the word of God is saying unto us. How many of us are more in tone with what somebody said over 20 years ago? Every time we see that person, that's what pop up. What they said. What they said. See, they they said that. I remember the day that they said it. I remember what I had on. I remember what they had on. I remember it all. That's what we do in a marriage. Men, y'all in trouble. Because women can remember way back. They can remember what you done to them way back. Remember how you looked at them and everything. And the man is still right back then. His brain trying to move forward up front to the frontal lobe. And the woman is saying, I know you know what I'm talking about. Don't play dumb. You know what I'm, and the man seriously don't know. And you trying to make them know. Then they say, well, I don't remember, but I'm, you ain't sorry. What you sorry for? What you sorry for? Well, if I could remember, I would tell you, but I don't remember. I'm just going to say, I'm, ain't good enough. You know what you've done. You planted the seed, women. You planted the seed of hate in your heart. So you get frustrated with them because of what you put in your heart, because you have no understanding. So thorns come in and it choke. These are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things come in and choke the word. Do you know we can care more about what the world is doing than what the word of God said? That's a thorn. When you're more in tone with trying to look like the world is looking, doing what the world is doing, the Facebook thing, y'all, the Facebook thing, that's a thorn. Because when you're up there in everybody's business trying to see what's up, Angel just had to help me tonight. Thank you, Angel. She had to help me, y'all. I was, I was ignorant. So thank God she come over there to say something to me. <laughs> I said, Angel, let me ask you a question. She said, no, that don't mean that because I was finna click, 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 click. I said, I got so many people that want to be friends with this ministry. Click, click, click. She said, I don't mean that, Pastor. I had to get her understanding. So what am I saying? When you are friends with the world, you become an enemy to God. That means when you're spending more time scrolling on Facebook than you are in the word of life, you're getting thorns in your life because that's the world. And it's choking the little bit that you've been doing. The little bit that you've been doing in the word and crying out to God, oh, deliver me. Then you go on Facebook and the thorns is choking the little bit that you're putting in. Because you're spending two, three hours more on Facebook and you only spent 20 minutes in the word. So it's being choked. So it's the heart, y'all. We got some heart problems in the body of Christ. Because when you're seeing the same thing over and over again, it's your heart that ain't right. 
And your heart have to be right before God. He know your heart. We need to quit lying first of all to ourselves and then to other people. Telling people we all right with them. But God know your heart from afar off. And he know you ain't all right. He know what you still holding because you don't have an understanding. But you keep letting it roll over and roll over and roll over. And say I know what they said. Don't you know your hearing will be off when you off? That ain't what somebody said. That ain't what I heard. But you hearing something different. Because when you don't hear according to the spirit. You're going to hear differently. You're going to hear death. You're going to hear words of death. Not words of life. I remember me and my husband had a conversation. I ain't going to tell you what it was about. My husband told me something he heard. I told my husband no. That's not what it was. You know what I'm talking about, right? I said, no, that's not what it was. He said, I know what I heard, Amanda. I said, no, that's not what they're talking about. That's not what they said. But if that's what you say you heard, that's what you heard. But that's not what, I didn't even hear it, but I knew by the spirit. He said, that's what I said. Okay, we'll find out. If you want to know a thing, what do you do? Case closed. Case closed. We assume too much instead of asking. And when you assume too much and you assume, 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 and you've been assuming for several weeks, even when you get ready to ask and they give you the truth, you still say they're lying because you done build up a case in your heart and you done planted a seed and you say, I know what I heard. And everybody else is telling you, I didn't hear that. That's what the enemy want. It's already in your heart. So you start looking at that person the wrong way. You start acting towards that person differently. Let me give y'all a clue. Discerning of spirits that's in you, that's in me. You can smile at me all you want. I can feel the wedge. I know your smile is phony. I know what you're saying to me is phony. I can feel that it's a wedge between us. I already know. And you still lying. I'm all right. Okay. Because God already let me know. Why? Because God is about life and I can feel death all over you. Y'all ain't never felt death all over a person. Come on, you already know. Because if you're walking in life, you know where death is. And anything evil, strife, unforgiveness, animosity, resentment, all of that stuff that's standing before you, a person is carrying it, you know the difference. You can walk in a house and tell, ain't no peace in this house. Why? Because you bring it in life. You can see a person that's oppressed and say, I bind that spirit of them. You got oppression all over you. And people be like, no, you know why they say no? Because they have come, become used to what's there. And if you listen to people talking, you will know where their heart is. If you just sit there and listen, you know where their heart is. So in these grounds, all of these grounds are telling you the grounds of people's hearts. Stony ground, thorny ground, wayside. They didn't even get chance. It was trotted upon on top of the ground. But it was one ground. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth. The thing is, oh, I love the bringing forth. When you bring forth, That's when you received. You cannot say, I'm sorry, and you still bringing forth dead fruit. God is about good fruit. When you receive the word, you can bring forth some fruit. If you don't see no fruit in Galatians chapter 5. 
You got some love. You got some joy. You got some peace. You got some meekness. You got some faithfulness. What else you got? Peace. Long suffering. If you ain't seeing these fruit come forth, you ain't received nothing. You heard it, but you ain't received it, y'all. It's supposed to be some change. Not all the time saying, I'm going through. Everybody go through. Yo, I go through. But in my going through, I'm not going to make you feel like I'm feeling. No. Mm -mm. Look how much they say you bring forth. You're supposed to bring forth 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Where's the fruit? My husband, I pray he knows the difference in me. Because he know how I used to be. Is my fruit better? He's supposed to know. He lived with me. I can't keep saying I'm sorry over and over again. And he ain't seeing no fruit. He's seeing the same thing. Some, I ain't been in the word of life. Because when you get in the word of life, you're going to see some fruit. You Come on, go back to Genesis, the first chapter. He told the ground to bring forth. The ground is your heart. Your heart's supposed to bring forth fruit, good fruit. Out of the abundance of your mouth, your heart speaks. So whatever you have planted is what's coming out of your mouth. And you can't keep saying, I'm sorry. And the same thing is coming out. Why? Because it has taken root. And the word of life supposed to come in there. When you meditate on God's words, it come in there and it dig up death because life and death can't share the same space. And then people know you change. You ain't acting like no hypocrite. You only have to prove yourself no more. People know you change by your tone, by your reaction. They know that you have recovered. You don't have to tell them. You don't even have to act like you change. It's just normal now. It's just normal. Listen at this right here. In Matthew 12, 34. I just said it, but I'm going to read it out. The Passion Translation. But you who are known as the Pharisees are rotten to the core. Like venomous snakes. How can your words be good if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. Let me read it again. But you who are known as Pharisees are rotten to the core like venomous snakes. How can your words be good if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. Come on, somebody. Whatever's stored up is going to be heard in the overflow of your words. Have you ever heard somebody cussing like a sailor and don't miss a beat? you like, who cussed like that? Because that's what's in them. That's what's normal. That's what's stored up in them. And they can keep saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Then bleak, the bleak, the bleak, the bleak, the bleak. Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. The bleak, the bleak, the bleak, the bleak. Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. The bleak, the bleak, the bleak. Like you never cussed before. Now they're feeling guilty. But when you get the word of God stored up in your heart, you're not going to let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Because the more the word gets stored up, corrupt communication don't come out no more because the word of life overpowers death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We got to quit being hypocrites and be who you really are. Just tell the truth. I haven't arrived yet and ain't trying to. Let's just be honest. I'm just being honest. Let's just tell people the truth. Quit saying you trying to do better and you ain't even getting in the word because you're sleeping through it. Just saying I haven't arrived yet and I ain't trying to. That's being honest. Now God can help you. 
We got some play actors in church. And your heart is speaking. Your mouth is speaking what's in your heart. Come on, it's a heart thing, y'all. Let me read one thing to you that all of us might be familiar with. Go to Romans 10, 9 and 10, because we tell people to do this. We tell them. Expanded Bible says, if you declare, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Where did it start? Where did the belief start? In the heart. If it started in the heart, where is it going to come from? Out the mouth. So when you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're going to confess with your mouth what you believe from your heart, right? We believe with our hearts and so we are made right with God, are justified, receive righteousness, and we declare, confess with our mouths, and so we are saved, leading to salvation. It's a heart thing, y'all. Salvation is of the heart. When you truly believe that Jesus is Lord, when you truly believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, guess what? Nobody don't have to tell you you saved. You know that you saved, and you're going to live a life according to what you know. And nobody don't have to tell you to quit doing this or quit doing that. Because when your heart is right before God, the things that you used to do, you ain't going to want to do them no more. You want to put the word up on that thing. And you want to live according to the word. And though you fall, you get right back up and say, God, here I am. And you crying out to him day and night and saying, God, that's not who I am in you. That is not your character because God is love outside of hate. Just as simple as that. So this frustration, this animosity, this resentment, this strife, this anxiety, it's a matter of the heart. It's what you have put in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth is what you've been storing up for so long and you ain't got rid of it because you ain't taking the time out the way you need to because when you truly cry out to God, God will come down, I'm telling you right now because the Bible said he came down when those people were crying out. He said, Moses, I come down to deliver my people. I'm going to work through you to deliver my people and I know I'm giving y'all the word. The problem is some people ain't accepting the word because you too hooked on you. Not on phonics, but on you. You too hooked on, they don't treat me right. They always, you too hooked on death and not life. When you so hooked on you being rejected, you making it about you. He paid the price so you don't have to be a reject no more. You ain't rejected in him. You've been accepted in the beloved. Quit worrying about how people feel about you. Quit putting on a hypocrite face. Quit play acting. Tell people, be honest. I don't like you. Never did. Hoping that the Lord will help me too. But right now, it's just something about y'all. And they're going to say, what do I do to you? I don't know. (laughs) Well, some people say, you know what you did? No, I don't. And if you can't tell me, I might not never know. You know what you did? You called me out of my name. What's your name? What's your name? You know you call me Mary. My name ain't Mary. My name is Mop. Oh, Lord, all these years you mad because I called you by the wrong name. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I mean, help me, help me, help me. It ain't got nothing to do with your name. It got something to do with your heart. It got something to do with something else going on with you. And you blaming me for calling you. Who? What you say your name was? (laughs) Y'all, this is serious. It's a matter of the heart. Where is your heart? If your heart is really with God, you won't be going through these changes, these same changes over. And don't play like you got over it. Let's be honest, y'all. Don't play. Don't play like it's okay in your marriage. Don't play like it's okay on your job. 
Don't play like it's okay with your little relationships you got going on. Don't play because people that walk in the spirit ain't to be played with. They already know what spirit you are of. So let's quit playing one with another. If you want to be loose from something, you can be. But if you choose to stay in the same place, then that's you. Quit blaming other people for the place you in. You choose to be in that place. Just like if a drunk choose to be a drunk, they choose to be a drunk. It's what they choose. But choose life today. And get into the word of God and allow all these things that's going on with you. To be dealt with. Shut everything off that you put in before the word of life. Shut it off and say, you know what? I got to deal with what's dealing with me before I deal with somebody else and nobody want to deal with me. This is what it's getting to. People don't want to deal with people now. They rather walk past them just to say, hey, how you, hey, could you tell Teresa I say, hey, tell I say, hey, I don't think she liked me. Renee, can you tell Teresa, hey, what she say? How she looked when she said it. <laughs> Did she look like she was glad that I said hey? She act like she won't say nothing. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I told you she had something against me. Now, now, now you go say hey and let me know what she said. <laughs> what she said? What? <laughs> how how she said hey to you? How she said to me though. What? I told you. See, that's why I don't mess with her. Got time for that monkey business and that foolishness. I don't mess with her. Mess with her. I ain't messing with you either. Is this real or not? Why am I bringing this out? Because it starts with the pulpit on out to you. God ain't trying to pinpoint nobody in this room. This is what he's bringing because this is what he's showing me that's in the room. We try to play it off, act like we all this. But yet deep down inside, we still feel like people don't care for us. Don't you know the enemy could be using that to make you feel that way, to keep you from being who God wants you to be? And people ain't even thinking about you. You thinking more about you than anybody else. So we need to work on the matters of the heart. Go back to, search me, Lord. Let's go back to that scripture. Psalms 31, Psalms 39, 23. God examined me, investigate, search me, and know my heart. Who heart is it? My heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Amen. I pray we all got something out of this. And I pray that we use it, first of all, with ourselves. And ask the Lord, show me me. Show me how to deal with what's going on with me. Don't worry about nobody else. When you know you haven't offended no one, or if they're offended, they're offended for a reason. When you know you haven't done that. But listen, y'all, the way you approach a person. It's the way that person is going to approach you. Grievous words stir up anger. It stirs up wrath. But a soft answer, a soft answer turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up. Is that the scripture? Did I get it about right? Let's read it. Proverbs 15. We don't want to mess it up. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. Ooh, that's one and two. So, 
Oh, I got one more scripture for y'all. Let me make sure. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. Go to um, Proverbs 13, 3. Listen at this one. He that keep his mouth. Keep his life. Ooh. He that keep his. Can you keep your mouth? If you keep your mouth, you can keep your life. But he that open wide his lips. Shall have destruction. Shall come to ruin. Did y'all hear that? When you keep your mouth. You keep your life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Y'all let's guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of